Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. My guest today is Jennifer Diamond. Please welcome her to the show. How are you, Jennifer? I haven't seen you since our last conference, I think. Yes, thank you so much. Um, I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to be here. Um, and I do have a little presentation that I could share, um, you know, if that works for you. Yeah, that would be great because I, I don't know about other people and you guys can type in the chat what you think. I know when then guests, when guests have like even a few slides, it, my eyes, I pay more attention than to talk to, to looking, I guess, than to talking because I know everyone always wants to know from each guest, what's your story? Meaning when you went whole food plant-based, why? And tell us about your journey. Yeah. And, you know, it's really important for me at this point to share because it's not um, about weight loss, you know, and I I would like to let people know that maybe something that's unusual or that isn't heard of very regularly, there's there's a lot of hope. So, yeah. Right. Well, I, I can't, I could, well, because I, I, I don't know your whole story, but I know that part of it included a trip to True North, which is a place that I've admired and even worked at for many years. So I can't wait to hear it. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So I'll go ahead and do a share screen and we'll get going. Perfect. Okay. Can you see that? Okay. I can see it perfectly. You just want to change the view, you know, so that, yeah. Change the view. Well, that, that looks okay. I mean, we're just seeing the top of your toolbar, but it's fine. It's fine. Oh, we're Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you have it like play from start or slideshow, but it's fine. It really is fine. Okay, I'll just leave it like this then if you're good with that. I'm good with it. Thank okay. You. So I just want to say hello, Chef AJ, and hello, beautiful people. My story isn't so much about weight loss, but more about health and perseverance. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to share today. My name is Jennifer Diamond. I'm a mother of three adult children and a Nana to four beautiful grandbabies. And I'm married to a supportive husband who is not whole food plant-based, but beginning to try it. And we have a cute doggy named Remy. <clears throat> My parents married without really knowing each other for very long. My father was a loving man who was also known to be a bit crazy and who later in life, in my adult life, he was diagnosed with manic depressive bipolar. They lived in Italy while my father attended medical school and that is where I was conceived. I was actually born in Illinois, although we lived in Italy at the, at the time, but we eventually moved back to Illinois when I was still an infant. Their relationship was tumultuous from the start. They divorced before I turned two years old. I have no recollection of us living together as a family. There were always battles between them. There were things that happened in my childhood, like I was kidnapped by each parent and taken across many state lines. Undercover private investigators hired to find me. There were constant court and custody battles, which usually included the topic of child support. From a very early age, I was tested for both environmental and food allergies. I believe the stress between my parents and eating the standard American diet caused inflammation within my body at a very young age. I started my first round of allergy shots at about age five and continued them on and off for almost 40 years. 
There was never a weight problem within my family, although my mother was very conscientious regarding food and we were considered healthy eaters. We ate the typical standard American diet. For breakfast, for example, it might be cereal with milk or a bagel with cream cheese. Lunch packed for school was peanut butter and jelly sandwich, small baggie of chips or pretzels, and a piece of fruit with apple juice in a thermos. For dinner, it might consist of some type of steak or chicken, steamed vegetables, and mashed potatoes with milk, butter, and Lari's seasoned salt, and a glass of skim milk. My mother eventually won a long-standing court battle to move us to California to be closer to her identical twin sister and other family. It was devastating for my father and confusing for me, but we made the change to sunny California when I was 10 years old. For the next many years, I'd fly back and forth from California to Illinois for visitations. I had issues with separation anxiety, traveling alone, self-confidence, and transitioning from one household to another. At age 15, I decided to move back to Illinois to live with my father, his second wife, and their child. My dad's home was filled with chaos, tension, and stress, so I ended up living with my grandparents who lived a few miles away from my father. After only a few short months, I ended up going back to live with my mother in California. While I was away, she met a man that would become her second husband. So much turmoil had taken place in Illinois for me that I was mentally and physically depressed and not in a good place. Depression ran in my family on my father's side. My grandfather had even had electric shock therapy, so I had heard. When I was 18 years old, I got into a relationship with a man six years older than me who had been divorced and had a son who was four years old but didn't live with him. We ended up moving to another state on a whim and after a few months, I began having terrible abdominal pain that was so bad I ended up going to see my gynecologist. What I had learned was that I had an ovarian cyst the size of an egg and that I needed to sign papers to have both my ovaries removed. I immediately felt physically sick and slumped in the doctor's office chair. I, I did not sign any papers as my dream for my own family would not be ruined because of a small growth. I left the doctor's office, I went home and I spoke to my father who was a practicing medical doctor at that time still in Illinois. He arranged for me to be seen by his friend who was a world-renowned surgeon specializing in the field of obstetrics and gynecology. My father flew my boyfriend and me out to be evaluated, and we went right from the flight to the doctor's office. The surgeon gave me another ultrasound and an exam. He then said to us that if he realized how large this tumor actually was, he would not have recommended I fly out as the turbulence could have caused it to rupture and pour into my bloodstream which can cause death. I was scheduled for a laparoscopy first thing the next morning. When they got in there, the surgeon realized it was an ovarian tumor cyst that was not the size of an egg at all, but the size of a grapefruit, a solid mass that looked like a peeled tomato. They ended up cutting me open from inner hip to inner hip. <clears throat> the surgeon was able to save both ovaries and remove the tumor by barely shaving one of my ovaries. I spent the next several days in the hospital and then recovered at my father's girlfriend's house. He was now separated from his second wife. 
this lady was addicted to medication. And while I was out with my dad and boyfriend, she actually stole all of my pain medication and the pharmacists were closed for the night. There was just always more drama that continued. A few months later, my boyfriend asked me to marry him and I said, yes, I was well enough to make the drive from Illinois back to California to start our family. We made it to Utah and we ended up settling in Utah because that is where we ran out of money. I was also given the green light by my surgeon before we left Illinois to begin trying to conceive. And within a few weeks of settling in Utah, I found out I was pregnant. I was 19 years old and thrilled. I gained 33 pounds during this pregnancy and nine months later, I gave birth to my first child, a full term, beautiful daughter weighing nine pounds. After my daughter was born, I noticed a significant amount of hair loss, was diagnosed with hypothyroidism and was put on thyroid medication. I was told the treatment would be lifelong. When she was only nine months old, we finally finished the drive and moved from Utah to California. When she was, seven, when she was 17 months old, I became pregnant again. I gained 44 pounds and ate lots more fast food than with my first pregnancy, specifically chili cheese fries from Wendy's. My delivery was harder than with the first, but my son was born on time, healthy, and weighing eight pounds, two ounces. Before my son's first birthday, I was again pregnant with my third baby and gained 34 pounds total. It was another beautiful girl. She weighed nine pounds as well. Between the birth of my son and third child, I was also diagnosed with a small nodule on my thyroid gland. I also started to notice a large lump in one of my breasts. My doctor told me it was probably a clogged milk duct and that after I finished breastfeeding, it should resolve. I eventually stopped breastfeeding, but the lump did not resolve. Then I found a lump growing on the side of my left middle finger. Eventually, both of these cysts would be surgically removed. Both were benign. From the time they were born through the next many years, I dealt with very large, painful, and severe hormonal acne that would last for months at a time. I had them injected with some type of steroid to resolve them, but there were always more that came up. I would finally go onto a medication to help with the acne called Accutane. I was told it's a medication that a person can only take one time in their life due to the adverse effects and I'd need monthly blood draws to monitor kidney function. I was offered a second time from the same doctor to take it again a few years later, and I took it. And of course, I was still dealing with the environmental allergies through all of this. As if all of this wasn't enough, my kids would experience their own health issues, including asthma, lactose intolerance, angioedema, migraines, allergies, and other concerns. Oh, and my husband and I would get divorced before my youngest turned two. It was, this, it was during this time that I met the man who would eventually become my current husband. We met on the side of the road when my car broke down and we dated for a while. But he wanted to get married and settle down and I wanted to do anything but be in another marriage. Because I didn't want to settle down again, he, uh, my boyfriend and I parted our ways, but we stayed friends. He moved out to the East Coast and eventually we lost touch for a while. I continued to struggle to support myself and my kids. During this time, I worked odd jobs at different places, 
but it wasn't satisfying and it wasn't enough money to be sustainable with three kids. I also decided to go back to college. My ex-husband chose not to pay the court ordered child support and eventually would stop seeing our children. He went into hiding, moved out of state and never saw the children again. The youngest has no recollection of him to this day. It was a very stressful time and I noticed that I began to gain some weight. I would also battle severe depression and anxiety. I became obsessed with fitness and my weight. I would work out every day for one to three hours doing kickboxing, weightlifting, yoga, cardio classes, and I even tried karate. I was able to manage my weight this way. I had heard about a film called Supersize Me. It was so eye-opening to me that I stopped all fast food for myself and learned about people like Susan Powder, Richard Simmons, and others. I lost weight and I felt very in control of something. I improved my eating by switching from Doritos to tortilla chips. I went to bed many times hungry and told myself if in the morning I still wanted a treat, I could have it for breakfast. I never wanted it in the morning. I made skinless, boneless chicken breasts. I ate yogurt, fruit, and salad, all foods that were considered healthy. At this time, I began having sinus infections and bouts of dizziness. I was treated with antibiotics every month as the infections would return when I began my menstrual cycle. I was so tired and depleted that I would continually get sick and have to stop my fitness routine for days during my cycle. I can remember picking up my antibiotics and steroids at the pharmacy and having the pharmacist come out to talk to me, telling me it probably wasn't a good idea to constantly be on these strong medications and so often. He suggested I find another doctor. I ended up seeing an otolaryngology surgeon who would perform my first of three sinus surgeries. This was in 1997. Before my second surgery, I went on a vacation to Cancun with a friend. And when the plane was descending, I had such an incredible pain over my eye that I thought I was for sure going to go blind. I had this racing back and forth sensation above my eyebrow. The flight attendant brought me some ice to hold on my head, stood next to my seat and told me there wasn't anything that we could do as the plane had to land. When we landed, I threw up all over my shoes and had a throbbing headache for the duration of the trip. I went to a pharmacy in Cancun to purchase anything that I thought might help me get home. One of the medications I bought was Afrin nasal spray. The surgeon who would perform my second sinus surgery told me that Afrin is what saved my sinuses from not erupting because it helped to shrink the sinus tissue and relieve the pressure in my sinuses while descending. But after that second surgery, I kept getting infection after infection and getting treated for them. The doctor at one point said he just didn't see anything and as a last resort, ordered a CT scan of my whole head and brain. I think he was trying to prove to me that there was nothing wrong but it did show I had an infection behind my eyes and he was able to finally rid me of this infection. With so many health issues, I was always trying to figure out how to improve my health. And at one point I went to a naturopath who performed a blood sensitivity test. I found that I was sensitive to many types of food. I saw her twice. After the first visit while waiting for the results of the test, she had me follow a strict meal plan of grass-fed meats and fish, 
fruits and vegetables. She told me to eat quinoa and rid myself of pretzels and other processed foods that I loved. I gave it a try and I followed the menu exactly. When I got the results of my sensitivity test, quinoa was on the list, so I was told to stop that grain immediately. During my second visit, she gave me a B12 injection, which immediately made me feel strange, like I was having strong heart pounding feeling and a major anxiety attack. I panicked and basically ran out of the office, drove home to climb under the blankets and try to just calm down. A few weeks into eating her way, I ended up in the ER with heart palpitations, which I learned was caused by low potassium. Even still, a cardiologist put me on a heart monitor for two weeks just to make sure it wasn't something more severe. I never went back to see her again. Around this time, I learned that the area where I grew up in California was developed on what used to be known as the Santa Susana Field Laboratory. It was here that federally funded studies around radioactive and nuclear energy took place and where the contaminants of those activities were dumped directly into the soil and water table. Over the 30 years that I lived there, I lost many friends to all types of cancers. People I knew experienced strange and unexpected growths. I often wondered how much my exposure to these poisons played in my own tumors, growths, and health issues. On the brighter side, I connected with my former boyfriend who moved to the East Coast. We reestablished our relationship and eventually moved to Northern California. I flew up north to meet him and start looking at homes prior to moving, but I became very sick while I was there and had to cancel my flight home because of another extreme sinus infection. I was afraid I would rupture something in my head, sinus or ear canal. So I rented a car and I drove myself back to Southern California. I slowed down on some of the mountain, mountain and hilly areas and again used Afrin to help me get home without severe pain in my head. It was about a seven hour drive. Then in 2009, I had a bone density scan that showed osteoporosis and I was prescribed Fosomax for five years. I was only 40 years old at the time. We would eventually move to Arizona in 2010, and I continued to have sinus issues and allergy problems even in the desert. I eventually had to be seen again by a new otolaryngology surgeon. At the time, I was taking lots of medications, including a nasal nebulizer two times per day, Fosomax, daily multiple vitamins, Caltrate for bones, fish oil supplements, as well as prescriptions ranging from high dosages of Levaquin, Ceftinar, Augmentin 875 milligrams and Augmentin 1000 milligrams up to four times per day. It was just not a picnic. This surgeon ordered a CT scan with contrast of my sinuses where he found that I had mucosal thickening and complete air blockage in several sinus cavities. I was diagnosed with chronic fungal sinusitis a condition of being allergic to a bacteria or mold in the air that we all breathe. He explained that it was going to be beneficial to once again have another sinus surgery. But it didn't stop there as he also showed me on the scan results that there was a small growth of some sort in my pituitary gland that just happened to have been caught on the bottom corner of the scan. He recommended I have another scan to check out what this might be. That scan indicated I had a mass on the left side of my pituitary gland, 
called a pituitary microadenoma. I broke down and cried. Before dealing with the pituitary, I went through my third sinus surgery at the Mayo Clinic. My surgeon said I would need immunology, immunology, immunology to keep the fungal sinusitis at bay. This would be the start of another six more years of allergy shots. I went into anaphylactic shock once getting a dose which was about the size of a small droplet of liquid. I was also monitored by that surgeon for over nine years. My sinus surgeon once told me that when she teaches other surgeons at medical conferences, she uses my case to teach as it was so severe. I wasn't sure if that was a compliment or not. My neurosurgeon, who was my physician for the pituitary tumor, told me these types of pituitary tumors usually don't do anything, and we would just scan mine every six months. If it isn't growing, we'll just leave it. I remember, telling, I remember him telling me that I didn't want to ever meet a guy like him because that would be bad and mean that I needed some type of spine or brain surgery. I think he was telling me this to make me feel better. I often thought of that as the scans came and went. After several years of monitoring the scans, the neurosurgeon would deliver the news that it was growing and was about to push against the optic nerve, which would impair my vision, could cause tunnel vision, the loss of my peripheral vision, could create double vision, and could affect my neurological system, causing issues with movement, numbing, tingling, and the ability to control my bladder, and so on. He recommended brain surgery to remove the growth inside my pea-sized pituitary gland. I was hearing him in my head saying how I didn't want to know him because that would be bad. I left his, his office exhausted, both physically and mentally. And when I arrived at home with my purse on my arm and my hands holding all the medical reports and my car keys, I face planted in, into my bed, shoes and all. I had no physical symptoms. It was so hard to wrap my head around the fact that I was about to undergo a brain surgery to remove a growth that I didn't truly understand or even feel. I was healthy, I worked out daily, I ate lots of protein, I used whey powder in my smoothies. How could this be my reality? The tumor was removed, but I did have a small spinal fluid leak, so they used some muscle tissue from my thigh to graft over the hole and plug the leak. They also used some fat from my leg to put into my skull where the tumor was. I was monitored very closely and spent the next five days in the critical care unit. After returning home, I would experience endless bouts of sneezing. And that's especially difficult because after this surgery, I would have to sneeze through my mouth, not my nose or my head. Challenge? Oh, you have no idea. Over those next few days, I recorded up to 134 sneezes in total, with 87 happening in just one evening. After calling the doctor, they said I was having an allergic reaction to something and started me on Claritin and another 12-day course of prednisone. It wasn't an emergency, just annoying. After the surgery, I had a numbing feeling on the roof of my mouth behind my two front teeth. Over time, it has lessened, but never gone away entirely. Whenever I laugh really hard, I can feel it more strongly. And it's a reminder to me of how far I've come 
and how strong I must be. I had an online journal through a site called Care Pages, and I'd like to share an entry that I wrote that friends and family could read and comment on at the time. It was called, Would You Have This Dance With Me? Only a few days before my surgery, there was plenty of cleaning going on when we noticed just outside our back patio, a beautiful, very large butterfly, the size of my fist, laced in browns and yellows, dancing around my potted lemon tree. The butterfly was so large, it almost lo looked masculine to me. It was dancing around this lemon tree that had no flowers on it and only one very green lemon growing towards the bottom. I thought to myself as I quietly watched its beauty dance that I just wondered if that was my Uncle Jerry coming to let me know that I would be fine. My favorite bird of all is the hummingbird. And while watching the magnificent butterfly for what seemed to be a lot of minutes, a larger than normal sized hummingbird swooped down and began dancing around the tree with the butterfly. Tears filled my eyes as I watched this natural dance. And all along, I felt like this was a sign for me, one that I could relate to from those who have left this earth, who knew me and loved me, giving me a blanket of peace to wrap around my shoulders and take with me as I faced my fears. My first day sitting in a chair on the patio outside days after I was back home, I looked up and I saw a glimpse of that beautiful brown and yellow butterfly out of the corner of my eye, recklessly making its way across my whole yard, only feet away from my reach, as if to say, welcome back, you're doing great. Could it really be the same butterfly? As it passed by, I glanced up to a treetop that was outside of our wall and quite high up to watch the shadow of a hummingbird. I believe in the magic of everlasting love from those in our physical world and those who have left us. One thing that is dear to me is my love for dance. When I hear music that I enjoy, it fills my ears and runs into my every part like oxygen that fills our bodies. And my body literally becomes the music and its beat. I have wanted to dance again with such a passion that even if it's only slow, awkward movements for me, it's a sign of freedom to move, independence, healing within, and a warm soothing of my soul. I would love to ask you to find a moment, a quiet place, shut your door, clear a space to get up, and just for four minutes, have this dance with me. Post a message about how it felt, how long you lasted, and anything else you'd be willing to share because I would love to know who took an awkward moment to share in my first dance with me. We can be like the hummingbird and butterfly just passing by, offering a simple pleasure that might just make you smile. Over the last handful of years, I have repeatedly had tests that show my white blood count is low, but no one could ever figure out why. They told me it must just be my normal. I also continued to deal with low potassium and eventually saw a hematologist who believed I was drinking too much water. You don't hear that often. She told me to drink Gatorade. I told her I wasn't gonna drink Gatorade. So we settled on coconut water, 16 ounces daily to keep in the normal range. And I did that for the next nine years. In search of better health, I heard of a new way of eating called paleo and I decided to try it. When I told my family we should all try it, 
We could eat as much meat, eggs, cheese, and bacon as we wanted. They all jumped on board and joined in the fun. I was making homemade bread and homemade butter. We were eating organic grass-fed beef and organic free-range eggs from our local farm. We were eating like Renaissance royalty. It didn't take long before I noticed. I not only gained weight and had begun having skin issues, but my cholesterol numbers were elevated and I was always feeling sluggish. Then my oldest daughter told me about something called vegan. She had heard about it and explained it to me. It was the opposite of paleo. I jumped at the chance to try this with her. Funny, no one else in my household wanted to give this way of eating a try with me. I remember sitting down at the table one day with my family to explain that I might not have control of the air I breathe or other environmental things, but I did have control of what I put in my mouth and that I wanted to try going vegan because it might make a difference in having less tumors or growths in the future. Things seemed to be getting back to normal. And about this time, my daughter told me about a brand of spaghetti sauce that she found at Whole Foods by a company called Engine 2. It was vegan and had very clean ingredients. And that's where I learned about Rip Esselstein. I ordered his book, The Engine 2 Seven Day Rescue. I was searching for anything that could help improve my health and continued to educate myself about food. I didn't know what plant-based was, but would soon learn. This was also the time I finally said I do to my boyfriend of 10 plus years the second time. We had known each other for much, much longer. I began scouring the internet and watching many YouTubers about vegan food and health. I found you, Chef AJ, and would watch you teach and prepare foods that changed your life. I bought your book, The Secrets to Ultimate Weight Loss, but wouldn't fully understand calorie density for a few years. I found crispy cancer, and I connected with people like the Scott family, Get to the Ruth Health and Wellness, Derek of Semnet Nutrition, Jeff Morgan of Guilt-Free TV, Healthy Cooking with Shada, Dr. Codwell Esselstein, his daughter Jane Esselstein, Dr. Gregor, Dr. McDougall, and so on. I continued to find more people and educator educators to watch and follow on YouTube. I started watching more documentaries like Forks Over Knives, Food Inc., What the Health, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, and others. I bought and read books like The China Study and Whole by T. Colin Campbell, How Not to Die by Dr. Greger, and more. I struggled with this way of eating when around others because I myself was still learning. And I didn't know how to explain this radical idea of eating fresh fruits and vegetables and where I'd be getting my protein. But eventually, I was able to share what I was doing. But in just a few short months, I found myself dealing with severe back pain and sciatica that was caused by a massage therapist at a chiropractor's office. Each day got worse got worse until I finally went to see my neurosurgeon again, and I learned I was dealing with a herniated disc at L5-S1 spot. I would need surgery to correct it. I was unable to walk, bend, or do much of anything. So again, I went into surgery, came out and recovered. From the time of this pain until the surgery, it was 16 very long weeks. It was several weeks of learning how to move differently, how to get in and out of bed or the car without twisting, 
how to bend and lift things without putting pressure on my back, but it would not be the end of my medical issues. My vegan lifestyle would soon evolve to more of a whole food plant-based. One day while walking in my neighborhood with my dog, I felt strange, like I might just fall over. This went on for a while and I eventually went to the emergency room. The ER doc doctor said that I was extremely anemic. And when he learned of my eating habits, basically begged me to, and I quote, just eat an egg. Can't you just eat an egg? And I said, I can't, I can't just eat an egg. The ER doctor said, at this rate, you will need a blood transfusion if it gets any lower. That's when I reached out to True North Health Center, which I had heard about from you, Chef AJ, to see if they could help me with my diet. I told them what I had been eating and they said I needed beans and lentils. I didn't really understand what eating beans would do, nor did I understand how to cook them or prepare them. I ate hummus and refried beans at a Mexican restaurant or from a can. I decided to hire one of the whole food plant-based doctors who had me keep a food journal of what I ate for two weeks. I knew enough at this time to make sure that I was eating the right things, but maybe not the right volumes. The doctor suggested iron supplements, which I was already on, but a clean liquid one that would absorb better. After giving these things a try, nothing really improved. So I turned to a local doctor who was a holistic MD to see if that might help me. The doctor was not whole food plant-based, but he had vegan patients. I continued to take the iron supplement, but never got my iron stores up enough. The doctor wanted me to add an additional supplement to a very large pile that I was already on. I was tired and burnt out of supplements. Is there another way, I asked? He said, yes, eat grass-fed organic meat. One four-ounce piece, one time per day, and your iron levels should increase. I would also still keep the original iron going. I felt like maybe some people just needed to eat meat. Maybe I was one of them. Unfortunately, I went from adding in a small bit of meat to my whole food plant-based diet to eating everything in our crazy processed world. I went back to it all. Fish, sushi, chicken, meat, chips, cookies, restaurants, salt, you name it, I ate it. My weight went up, my cholesterol went up, and my Hashimoto's markers hit the top of the charts. The doctor said, we need to deal with the elephant in the room. He had me retested with the same blood allergy sensitivity test that I took years earlier. The results showed some new allergens and some of the same. Now it's 2020 and the pandemic is in full swing. Both my daughters became pregnant and we were having their babies just five weeks apart. We were all so thrilled as I already had two beautiful grandbabies and now we would gain two more. After much, after much debate internally, I decided to get the COVID vaccine. My gut said no, but I also didn't wanna bring any harm to those precious new babies. I was sick for almost two weeks after getting that shot. After the second baby was born, when loading up the car to leave the hospital, I noticed that my right big toe on the left top side was feeling numb. I figured it was the way I was sitting or something and I just continued to carry on. 
We went straight to my daughter's home from the hospital and I stayed there for a few nights, totaling nine nights between the hospital and her house. I slept for about three and a half hours total over those nine nights. I was the 24 hour help and tried my best to let my daughter sleep and care for her newborn. I began feeling the effects of sleep deprivation. My back was hurting, my toe was still numb, and I started feeling tingling in my feet. I remember holding a broom as I was sweeping the floor and standing up against the wall when I bursted into tears, started slouching over and began apologizing to her and telling her that I needed to go home and sleep. I couldn't give anymore and my body was breaking down. I was so incredibly sorry that I felt like I was abandoning my child and her baby when she needed me most. And in tears, I drove home finally. I climbed into bed after a shower and I slept for probably a full month, getting up only to go to the bathroom and eat something. I did not speak or see anyone at length. I was completely unable. The tingling sensations and numbness were getting worse for me. I reached out to my neurosurgeon to see if this was related to my back surgery. I went to a different chiropractor who tried laser therapy and ice and used a TENS machine. I saw a massage therapist at his office, but nothing was helping. And now I was beginning to have pain in both elbows. I was very anxious and depressed as I did not understand what was happening to my body. After resting on my back for two solid weeks, per my neurosurgeon's suggestion, I had a chest x-ray and an MRI with contrast of my lower back and spine. Nothing. Nothing was wrong with me structurally. As far as they could tell, I was fine. They put me on gabapentin and ibuprofen for nerve pain and started me on physical therapy. Nothing was working, so I saw a neurologist who performed an EMG, which measures nerve pain. And again, nothing. I saw a pain management doctor who wanted to increase my gabapentin and suggested spinal injections. I declined. I was eventually switched to Celebrex, which also didn't work. So then they switched me to Lyrica. I did not do well on Lyrica and experienced many side effects. I was re referred to a program for people with PTSD because they thought that I had too much stress and anxiety and that maybe that was the cause for my sensations. Now the pain began moving to my wrists and I was having trouble holding a pen in my hand or pouring water into a container from a pitcher without spilling. The sensation began to travel up my legs, groined area across my face and on my lips. It would move around. I found myself in bed, unable to do anything except feel this buzzing on and off, tingling, triangle shaped buzzing in between my fingers and other weird sensations. I spent each day sobbing all day until I finally said to my husband that, although I am not suicidal, I don't want to live in this body with this feeling anymore. I had two more MRIs for both thoracic and cervical spine. I was also given another EMG for my hands. Still nothing, though the EMG did suggest carpal tunnel. They sent me to an occupational therapist for treatment. I knew this had to be something more than that. My body was becoming stiff and my hands could not make a fist or snap my fingers. I couldn't hold a pen in my hand. I even bought a weighted pen that people use when dealing with arthritis, which was too heavy for me. I began noticing my balance was off 
and I couldn't walk without socks or thick cushioned slip-on shoes. For the first time in my life, I was clumsy and fumbled a lot. If we had family over for a birthday party or a holiday or other event, I would need up to four full days afterwards to calm the sensations. I couldn't sit at the dinner table for more than a few minutes. And even during those few minutes, I was unable to lean forward to feed myself. When I was able to eat, if it was something that had any amount of salt in it, I would wake up the next morning with my hands feeling puffy and tight. When I was sitting up in bed or in a recliner, my legs had to be straight or my feet flat on the floor. I couldn't cross my legs. I was mostly bedridden for a full 14 months. Being on this medication for pain, eating the wrong foods and having limited mobility caused me to gain a lot of weight. The mental and emotional anguish was just as bad as the physical discomfort. It was more than I could handle. I felt robbed of so much. I was able to get a referral from a friend who ran a hospital to see a rheumatologist without waiting months on end. She tested me for things like Trojan's disease, lupus, and more. Like every other test so far, they came back normal. She gave me a referral to see the next set of specialists. I went from clinic to clinic and specialist to specialist, looking for anyone who might be able to offer an answer, a treatment, or a solution. I finally decided to get three separate spinal injections and two separate elbow injections, one on each side. Even beyond all the doctors, I tried anything and everything that I could think of or heard of. I tried Wim Hof's breathing techniques, where you basically hyperventilate to clear old air out of the body. I tried his technique for getting into our 50 degree swimming pool during the winter months for a full 10 minutes because that might help with inflammation. I saw an acupuncturist who specialized in Chinese medicine. I learned and tried manipulating my circadian rhythm. I would stand outside every day, which I still do today, as the sun rises or as soon as I wake up to allow the natural light into my eyes, help rebalance the cycle and help with sleep while also grounding with my bare feet into the earth. I began practicing meditation to help relax my body and my brain. I tried paint, but changed to colored pencils to express my deepest feelings of suffering and wanting to heal. We removed all electronic devices from our bedroom, like the computer, TV, and telephones. We turned off the Wi-Fi every night and other household electronics that might send a signal while I try to sleep. We put up blackout shades in the bedroom to make it very dark and ran an air purifier that also acted as a white noisemaker. When the sun went down, we sat in the house by candlelight until bed, which was around 8 or 8.30 p.m. We purchased a Berkey water filter to remove toxins and fluorides from my water and I used fluoride-free toothpaste. I tried everything. After nearly two years of suffering and dozens of doctors, I was eventually diagnosed with small fiber neuropathy, which was found by a skin biopsy from three parts of my leg. I was so grateful for the diagnosis, but when I asked my doctor, what caused this and what is the treatment going forward? He said, we don't know the cause. It will never go away. It will only get worse and you will always need medication to treat your symptoms. I was emotionally crushed that the rest of my life might be filled with random sensations and tingling, buzzing, and numbness? 
How could he say that it wouldn't go away when he doesn't know the cause and he can't offer a treatment? At this point, I believe wholeheartedly that I have been vaccine injured. Although I'll never be able to prove it, I believe it's the only thing that could have caused this. Some of my doctors have agreed with me that it is quite possible, but no one would ever admit to it and it will be many years before we will learn of the damages that the vaccine causes. At the grandbaby's first birthday party, I was able to sit on the couch for the first time, but I couldn't engage. The sensation in my body were just too much. The medications I was on caused me to put on weight and I continued to eat the standard American diet. My cholesterol was climbing and I was coming up on a scheduled blood test. I knew how to lower my cholesterol. So I turned to my prevent and reverse heart disease cookbook by Dr. Esselstein. And after the party, I stopped eating all processed foods. I got rid of all standard American diet food from my diet. I went back to eating whole food plant-based and began practicing mindful eating, knowing it was my medicine and believing it would help me. Over the first three weeks on my whole food plant-based diet, my mobility was improving and my sensations were lessening. I could move my hips and for the first time in nearly two years, I could dance a little. I knew it was the food. The blood test results came back with a 50 point drop in cholesterol and my inflammation markers for Hashimoto's dropped from over 1300 plus to 1049. The normal was less than 30. But I think my body began reacting to this sudden change. I had a cyst appear on the knuckle on my left hand. I noticed a bump on my cheek below my left eye and I thought I would need to have it removed. I developed a terrible sinus infection that needed three strong rounds of antibiotics, more medicated rinses, nasal sprays, and steroids. As time went on, I realized that it was my body ridding itself of all that I had put in it. The bump on my cheek exploded and I felt as though it was the dairy leaving my body. I remember waking up one morning without any sensations. I was so overjoyed that I just tried to stay in the moment and feel what it was like not to feel buzzing. I stayed still, not moving at all, because if I did, it might wake the beast. I unfortunately eventually had to move my body and the sensations did return. I continued eating whole food plant-based and started watching you again, Chef AJ. You had interviewed a lady who was sharing her story and referencing Feel Fabulous Over 40, saying it was the best thing for her. It cost a dollar at the time to try it for 30 days. And the next day I signed up and I've been there ever since. I have learned about community, love, real food, made friends, met celebrities of our world, explored, traveled by myself for the first time in more than three years to attend my first whole food plant-based conference, which was your Live Your Best Life conference and had the honor of meeting you in person for the first time. And I completed a 14-day fast at True North Health Center that was truly a life-changing experience. Soon after, I saw my otolaryngologist for a follow-up. He told me there are absolutely no signs of any inflammation or chronic disease in my sinuses. 
He took me off all sinus medications and sprays. I went down to one plain saline rinse per day. He asked about what I was doing. And when I told him about my whole food plant-based diet, gluten-free, sophist-free lifestyle, he told me I was onto something. He said he believes that food is a big part of it. And that type of thinking is slowly working its way into the Western medicine space. I asked him why he didn't wanna share this with his patients. And he replied that he wasn't educated in nutrition. My Hashimoto's markers went down to 65. Then they did go back up to 1,050, and I'm not sure why. And I'm still trying to figure it all out, but I truly believe the answer is in the food. I also learned that a nodule that they had been watching for 30 plus years in my thyroid is suddenly gone. For fun, I tried going raw with some of my whole food plant-based friends using Lissa's raw food romance menu and not using any cooked food. I had another blood workup and it showed my inflammation numbers going back down 157. Maybe there's a grain of food I was eating that's caused the rise in inflammation and I'm trying to do my own experiment to figure it out. I'm currently eating high amounts of raw foods and cooked foods, including starches. Today, I am much improved. I am not healed 100%, but much improved. I still have flare-ups and days that are more challenging than others. I still have new or odd sensations, and I know it's a journey, and for me, probably lifelong. Will I ever have a life without sensations or strange tumors or growths? I don't know the answer, but what I do know is that when I eat food that's organic, gluten-free, whole food, plant-exclusive, and SOS-free without flour or alcohol, I seem to continue to heal. Eating this way helped me helps keep my inflammation away. I can laugh now. Exercise, I'm able to explore, ride a bike, walk around wearing a weighted vest, and at a normal pace. I can do yoga, swim in the pool, go on hikes, go to potlucks with others who are raw or vegan. I'm finally able to play with my grandbabies, all four of them, and climb with them on equipment at the park. I can dance, sing, stay connected with a community that gives me hope and support and allows me to share what is working and what isn't. I try to put myself first when before I was last. I know I now have some of the answers and it comes down to what I put in my mouth, what thoughts I decide to believe, how I take in the world around me and the community of people I surround myself with. I will still need to have MRIs with contrast to monitor my pituitary every few years. On July 20th of 2023, I wrote the following thoughts. Today, I played like a little girl, curious. I got on my bike at 6 a.m. and it was already 90 degrees outside. I rode for an hour and 10 minutes, paying attention to the world around me. I saw ducks in the lake and nature's beauty all around. I then went into the pool, getting my hair wet without a care while music was playing. I floated on my back, looking up at the sky and just was. Uh, it was freeing, beautiful, fun, and very exploratory. When I got out of the pool, I watered the plants and danced to the music, sang and took fun photos. 
before getting back into the pool, not caring about time or responsibility, just being and enjoying. I have my life back, so I'm living it. I'd like to share another piece that I wrote. These words were true then, and they couldn't be more true even today. I wrote, perspective. We all have one. I've been thinking about my perspective on life for several days now. Our feelings, judgments, and how we see each other and ourselves is, in my opinion, all about perspective. I have always strived not to wrong others or judge. We all do it at one point or another. Sometimes it's done with love and the best intentions, and other times it's to hurt, get back at someone, or even try and make us feel better about ourselves when it clearly hurts another. In our world, we compete about looks, money, power, intelligence, and vanity. It's what society accepts. But through this experience, my own perspective has changed. I've heard others say, we have nothing without our health. And that is true. But to honestly understand that dynamic for me, I had to live it. All the things that make us upset mostly don't matter. What matters is that each breath of life we are given is used to its fullest. Our time alive and well is a gift that I treasure and hold a deeper understanding about. If I were to come up with three words to describe myself today, they would be resilience, compassion, and gratitude. Chef AJ, I just want to thank you for not just allowing me this time to share my own health journey, but for all the dedication and hard work that you continuously do to share and teach the world that there is another way. I did the work for myself, but you opened the door to show me where to go, and I will be forever eternally grateful. Thank you. No, thank you, Jennifer. I mean, my gosh, I mean, this could be like a lifetime movie. No kidding. <laughs> you have been through hell and back. You know, I, I got to say one thing in your well, a couple of things. I, I've taken some notes, but one one thing that took me down memory lane when you talked about uh, Lowry's seasoned salt. Now, I haven't eaten salt in many years, but I my mother put that on everything, whatever she cooked. We didn't have regular salt. It was always I can still see that bottle in my childhood kitchen. That is so funny. We must be around the same age, right? Yeah. I mean, we had that growing up. I mean, that was just a staple. I thought everybody had that. And um, yeah, it doesn't have good ingredients in it. It's everybody terrible. had that and everybody had the green thing of Kraft Parmesan cheese. Yes. Oh my gosh. So all stuff that is no good for me. <laughs> I'm curious, how did you sneeze through your mouth? I can't, I'm just trying to visualize that. I can't even figure out how that is possible. You know, it wasn't easy, but I just had to make sure that the pressure chew was expelled this way and, and no, not holding your breath. And um, every time I did it, I thought, oh, thank goodness I didn't rip a stitch or something, but then they kept coming and coming and coming. And I, I was exhausted, but I just kind of learned to master it. <laughs> that is something. What do your doctors say about you? You're, you're kind of a medical enigma a little bit, aren't you? I mean, besides, you know, besides just like being their example to, to teach people, um, you know, I don't know. They just kept doing what they know how to do in the Western medicine. And that wasn't working. And, you know, 
I even at one point was um, seeing somebody, um, a professional to, you know, um, I guess he was a psychologist or psychiatrist, not a psychiatrist, a psychologist. And at one point he said, do I think that I'm making this up or is I, am I like creating this? Maybe I'm thinking too much about it. And so my example to him was, if I took a hammer and smashed the crap out of your hand and broke all the bones in it and then told you it wasn't hurting, it might be in your mind, like, you know, that's how I was feeling. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to say about how the, the medical field works, but I just know what doesn't work for me anymore. And I do believe that there is a place for them. And they did help me when I needed certain things done. But they don't know everything. And they certainly don't know about nutrition in the Western field. Yeah. Did, did going to True North, though, I'm, I'm guessing you felt heard for whatever your complaint was. True North was an amazing experience for me. I asked every single doctor and nurse and person that came in, I asked them what they would do to get the most out of their, out of my visit there, what they would recommend. And I did everything that they said. And I went inside internally and I just focused on myself. And, you know, one thing that I learned was that it's not a light switch. You don't um, go to True North eat that certain way. And then on the last day, you're fine. I mean, for, for some people, but my experience and people would say, okay, well, are you better? And, you know, I think it was Dr. Goldhammer or one of the other doctors said, you got to give it like 12 weeks at least. And so that's what I would say, you know, it's not a light switch, but it, it affects the body long-term. And I just patiently waited to the 16 week mark and realized my symptoms are continuing to improve and staying on the proper diet continues to help. So I feel very lucky and fortunate and I am grateful that you suggested it, that I learned from you and that I was had the you know opportunity uh, to, to do it. Yeah, I've been going to True North since 2011. I used to work there. And I mean, I didn't do my work first water fast till this year. And congratulations, 14 days, I crashed at four. But I've seen it as a place of profound healing. And I've seen people there with things that are incurable and certain cancers and diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune disease. And I see people getting low, but you're right. It's not like a one and done for most people. It took them a long time to get these lifestyle diseases or, or other diseases and get sick. And people I think have unrealistic, just like you said, it's not about weight loss. Even if it was about weight loss, I think people have very unrealistic expectations about how long any kind of profound healing takes. Yes. And, you know, for me, because I have a thyroid disorder, they started me on a juice. So it was a mixture. I did juice and then my blood work said I could go. So then we switched to water. And, you know, this bump that I talked about that that this cyst, um, it was still there when I left True North. But over time, I mean, it's gone. There's nothing there. It's just my hand. So, you know, it's it's remarkable what the body can do when you give it the tools that it needs, because my body wasn't trying to fail me. My body didn't hate me. It just, it, it needed time to heal. And, and when I figured out what that meant and gave it the right opportunity, I mean, I, I'm living proof. I mean, I can jump around and I just feel so good that that's one of the main reasons I wanted to share my story to let people know that there is another way. Try something new. Be open. And 
and you might just surprise yourself. Well, that's why I'm glad we waited for you till the end of the year, because this is when a lot of people do give up hope regardless. And you know what? You should contact Dr. Goldhammer with your story because they do uh, maybe not videos, but they have the True North, I, th I think they call them health navigators or something, you know, uh, people that have had success. And I'm sure he would love to hear from you. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Any way that I can reach more people to let them know that, you know, there's, there's another way I'm all about it. Well, I think your story can give people hope to not give up that sometimes, you know, it, it, some of us are just very complex, delicate flowers, you know, and that not everything is just like you say, you know, a one and done a cut and dry, you know, you got thyroid disease, take medicine. And so I'm glad you never gave up. Yes, thank you. And you know, for me, it wasn't an option to give up even when I got to a point where I thought I couldn't go any longer in this body. But um, yes, I'm so grateful for you and all of the whole food plant doctors and people that share what they know, because that that's the ticket. Just educate yourself. Did any of and community. Oh, sorry. Did any of your doctors or the True North doctors like give you an idea of, and I don't like to even say this, what may have been wrong with you? Like, did it come under the umbrella of maybe some autoimmune condition or like, I mean, cause you never, it didn't seem like you really had, you had lots of things, but never like an umbrella diagnosis. You know what I mean? Nobody can say um, for sure. And you know, what, what I've kind of pulled together, what I'm thinking um, is that from the time I was a small child, I had a lot of stress surrounding my life and internal stress with inflammation from food. And I think that when a person is carrying this major inflammation, then anything extra adds and it just takes it up. When your inflammation is low, 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 you can handle something as a small cold or whatever. Um, but no, I, I didn't get any, any, answers, you know, specifically, I just feel like inflammation and, you know, I know it's a touchy subject, but with the vaccines, that was something that I was really nervous about because I know how my body reacts and I didn't know if it would cause a problem. So it is a possibility, but I don't have the answers. Right. Has your family noticed your improvement? Have they had anything to say about this? Oh, yes. They like can't even believe it. They they say they couldn't they wouldn't believe it if they hadn't seen it because I I I literally I couldn't take care of myself. I, I couldn't get out of bed and like function. I, I lost so much opportunity when I had these new grandbabies. I was just devastated. And just to watch me eat and the right foods and and over a, such a short period of time all of a sudden i was mobile and i was getting on a plane and i was trying things you know i just said to myself i'm going to say yes to adventure once i knew that this was going in a good direction and they 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 can't be more excited for me um my husband is trying whole food plant based he's definitely stuck in the pleasure trap that's my opinion but you know he's a great support and i hope that he continues and um, my adult children, you know, everybody's in a different place, but they all support me. And I know they know, cause I hear some of them tell their friends. And so it's all good, you know, but it, yeah. it, it's great to have that support. How do you navigate holiday meals with family? So that's really 
Yeah, that's really interesting because sometimes I am the one hosting. Um, but what I have learned to do is accept people where they are, even though sometimes that's really hard and sometimes I'm not good at it. Um, but I, I know what's my food and I make sure that I am taken care of. I need to be full. I need to have a plan. I need to have my food. And then it shouldn't matter what everybody else does. And we also separate it. So if there is a non-compliant food there, it's not on my area. I have my own area. And, um, you know, it's a work in progress. And I try to not make it about food. I try to make it about the relationship and spending time together and enjoying each other's company. Because isn't that really what it should be about? Well, it's what it should be about, but it is... It seems like it's more about, you know, commerce and the pleasure trap. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I just do my best and um, I've been enjoying, uh, you know, your dessert classes and your, your cookbooks and, you know, some of your things I've been sharing with others and I get great feedback. And, you know, sometimes I don't say what it is. I just say, try this and then I'll, then I'll tell them that's carrots and apples. <laughs> so it's great. That's, you know, I remember when you, you know, and you, you still, you're so supportive. I see your name often on my daily live YouTube show in the chat. And I just remember, you know, hearing about how much pain you were in and just, you know, and you seem like a whole different person now. Definitely. Yes. You know, when, when, and there's no way to really describe what I was feeling but, you know, if you have a, a cut or um, a, a funny bone, if you hit your funny bone and that just stays there indefinitely and turns up and down like a volume of control, I, I mean, it's hard to ignore it after a while. And so as I'm healing, that volume is going low and low and sometimes off. And, and then I can be who I really am instead of being reminded by the sensation in the background. So the food, it's the food just try eating good food if you're struggling you know real food and and you you will be shocked are you doing anything to help people like have you thought about becoming like a health coach you know i just recently started a youtube and i i have an instagram where i post food but my youtube um i just share my experience and what's working for me and and easy recipes that are delicious I, I haven't really considered that, but you know what? I'm open because I feel so driven to share with people. You know, when I got the diagnosis and that doctor said to me, it'll never go away. It'll only get worse. I had this feeling like anybody else walking into that office that day or any other day that was told that I just wanted to reach out to them and say, there is something else to try. Like, but, you know, how can you do that? So that is a really good idea. And if I could figure out, I don't know, the, the dynamics of that. I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I, when when the show's over, I have an idea. And I'll, I'll send you an email. I just, I had actually had a thought. What are your favorite foods to eat now? Or just in general? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really do love steamed broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> I, I eat it every day for lunch with my sweet potato. <laughs> don't get sick of it. Yeah, I love potatoes, all different kinds. Um, and when I need a sweet treat, which really I don't have cravings, um, but if I want something, I mean, an individual date is like so over the top sweet for me now more than it ever was. 
Um, I do love mushrooms in everything and, you know, just real food. Like I've, I've come to a place where real food tastes so good. Like, why would you want to mess it up and screw it up with scientific, whatever garbage and, you know, things that aren't really meant for us to eat that don't help us. I agree with you. Once you, once you neuroadapt the whole food that we eat tastes absolutely delicious. What would you say to people maybe watching this and maybe they have similar ailments to you or, or, or conditions, or maybe they feel they were even worse, but maybe they're kind of at the end of their rope. Uh, what would you say to them if they feel like they they're going to give up hope? Don't give up yet. Try something that you haven't tried. Try whole food, plant-based eating. Whole food, plant-exclusive, sofas-free, gluten-free. Bring inflammation down. And if you need help with it, reach out to someone like at the doctors at True North. Water fasting is incredible. It'll speed things up. And then, then you'll be able to tell. And don't believe me. Believe your blood work. Get your blood tests and then get your blood tests done again and see how the numbers change. And you, I, I just, it, it will work. It really will. And you will be so glad because you can get your life back. I got my life back. I mean, if I didn't, if I wasn't willing to try something else, I, I don't know where I would be today. And I'm so grateful that I did. So be open-minded, try something new and get a community. Yeah. A community so, so important. And I, I just, I just can't say enough about community. I agree. Well, you know, it, you, you made me think about like when people they'll, they'll write to me and they'll say, you know, I, I I've done everything and I can't lose weight. And I go everything. Oh yeah. Everything. And go, uh, have you read my book? Uh, no. Have you taken any of my classes? No. Have you done the McDougal program? No. Have you gone to True North? No. But yet in their mind, they've done everything except for what maybe will help. <laughs> yeah well and I guess everybody has a different idea of what that means you know maybe it doesn't hurt enough bad enough for them to try literally anything I mean I got into a 50 degree pool for 10 minutes because I just was willing I was just at that breaking point where I was willing to do anything and you know you just you got to give it a, a chance yeah. I love that you mentioned hummingbirds because birds, I just think are incredibly healing. And I just, I always have to have birds around me, just like Dr. Scharfenberg. There's just something about them. I always feel like when I'm low, that a hummingbird just like comes by my window as if to say, you're going to be okay. Yes. Yes. And you know, all kinds of birds and nature. I mean, if we could just, you know, make sure every day to take time and go outside Go outside and look around, look up at the sky. The clouds make beautiful colors and designs and, you know, just enjoy nature. That's part of healing. Walk around a little bit. I mean, there's so much that we have right at our fingertips. We just, we just have been kind of dialed into to an area that's not working. So back it up and, and go a different direction. Try something new. Absolutely. If you've always do, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. Well, this has just been fabulous getting to know more of your story. I appreciate you sharing it with the viewers and I wish you and your family a very happy and healthy and prosperous new year. And to everyone watching, as long as you have breath, there's hope. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. 
Have a wonderful holiday. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Take care and come back tomorrow for another great show.